baseball, hockey, and soccer knowledge you could ever need. This is The Water Break on 88.9 The Bridge. Yes, you heard the intro correctly. That is us. The Water Break is back in action live from the fishbowl at KMIH Mercer Island. I'm really excited. I'm McLean. Uh, I got Will and Cy in the studio with me, and I am really excited to be getting back into The Water Break with you guys. How are we feeling? Good. Are we are we calling this the fishbowl now? This room is the fishbowl. That's I feel everyone like can see in with, and we can with some see of out. the recent um Oh, you're right. Yeah, I that apologize. might be a bit of a sore spot right now. I apologize for my comments. Yeah, for those for those of you guys who don't know, uh Zeta the Better our fish passed away yesterday. Uh it was very tragic. Uh it's just problems with the tanks. We got him a new tank, we thought he'd be happy. And it just did not go well, unfortunately. So. That did not go well. Sometimes yeah. in life, the fish dies. Exactly. So it goes. Anyways, uh, it, it, we would like to move past that and get into some sports. Are you guys ready for four and four? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bringing you to four sports in four minutes. I'm going to start off. Uh, this really isn't going to be much of a breather because I'm going to start off with the Seattle Mariners. It's been bleak in Seattle. This week has been rough. They dropped a key series to Boston. Some clutch hits did not go their way late. And the Mariners played the role uh, of... They really just played a supporting role in Boston's ascent to the playoffs. As the Jays, Red Sox, Yankees all shot past them in the standings. They moved from being one game out of a playoff spot to four by the end of the weekend. It was a rough time to be a Mariners fan, and it looks like that drought might continue for another year. They're not mathematically eliminated yet, but it's going to take a couple of miracles to will the Mariners into the playoffs. Will, what do you got to say about hockey? Uh, not much going on with hockey. It's still the off season. However, the Kraken, uh, the Kraken are really just getting ready to play. I've seen a lot of media day stuff for them. Uh, Philip Grubauer taking some good looking pictures, and. I'm so excited, man. I swear every single thing I see that has anything to do with Seattle hockey or the Kraken just hypes me up a little bit more, uh, and I can't wait for the first puck drop. It's going to be such a monumental moment, and it's I, like it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We've never had anything like this in Seattle before, so it's going to be so cool to see it finally happen for the first time. That's about it for hockey. Um, really not much going on, and we'll give it over to Cy now for some basketball. All right, so basketball is also in the offseason right now, but a couple of the big news points are the Clippers have sold their arena naming rights to Intuit for 23 years and $500 million. And so a comparable deal was what Chase Bank did with the Warriors, but they were 20 years and $300 million, so this is like a super big deal. And, uh, yeah, I mean, their new arena is looking really nice. It's going to open in 2024, 
and it cost $1.2 billion to make, so hopefully it's good. Uh, and I guess, speaking of the Clippers, Patrick Beverly is now on the Timberwolves. Yeah, and uh, he's made it very clear to all of his teammates that he really doesn't want to miss the playoffs. And so that's going to be really interesting to watch in the upcoming season. But yeah, that's so, it for NBA news. Are they calling it the tax haven? they got to be calling it the tax haven, right? No, it's actually, I think it's the Intuit Dome. The Intuit Dome. They passed up an opportunity. An opportunity they passed up. Dude, speaking of arena naming opportunities, Starbucks passed up uh, to get the rights to what is now T-Mobile Park. They passed up the biggest opportunity ever to name it Starbucks Grounds. Oh, that would have been, so been so good. That would have been so cool, right? That would have been like so good. Ground, I, that's my dad told me that one day, and I just like, why would they not do that? That's so cool. Starbucks is a big market company in Seattle. There's really no reason why they shouldn't be able to do something like that, and it would be so sick. Man, that would be awesome. Yeah. You're right. I want to. I want to. I want to see the Mariners play in Starbucks grounds. I know. Yeah. Oh, uh, so this is actually a, a pretty good segue. Going to be a bit of preamble up to the segue. Uh, but we're going to play one of my favorite games uh, for this uh, for this show. We're going to play higher or lower. And if you guys don't know the rules, I'll explain it to you. Essentially, I give you two numbers, and you have to tell me which is higher and which is lower. But I won't actually say the numbers. So, like, for an example, I would say, you know, Nathan Peterman's career touchdown passes versus Nathan Peterman's career interceptions. And you would say which of those two numbers is higher or and which is lower without actually knowing them. So it's essentially 50-50 multiple choice. Uh, we're going to play the intro. Fade it, because that's what we do on this professional radio show where everything is produced professionally. But we're going to get right into it, right into it real fast. So we're going to start off. This is why I wanted to uh, talk about the Mariners. Um, going to go for a little bit of Seattle baseball history for you. Games the Seattle Mariners played in T-Mobile Park slash Safeco Field and games that the Mariners played in the Kingdom. Which do you guys think is higher? I'm going to go with Safeco. Safeco. Sai? You know what? Just to make it interesting, I'm going to go with Kingdom. All right. Will's right. Okay. This year, actually, the Mariners uh, celebrated their 20th season uh, under the retractable roof. And uh, the number of games due to a change in the schedule length from the early Kingdom years, the Mariners' uh, games played uh, in Safeco has passed the Kingdom. All okay. right. Gonna gonna nice. move over to maybe a better known topic. Sacks Chandler Jones had in week one against touchdowns scored by the Cardinals. Ooh. Which one's higher? Ooh, that's tough. Um I gotta go with the Cardinals score. Alright, Sai. I'm gonna also go with the Cardinals score. It just and you're seems... both wrong. What? You're sacks? both wrong. How many sacks did he have? Chandler Jones had five. Oh my. I, okay, yeah, because I did not watch that game, uh, but I did see some stats from it, and that was clearly one that I missed because, wow. Chandler Jones sacks. is a game wrecker. This is – so when I was preparing the game, I was really on a, you know, Chandler Jones uh, hype train. 
times Chandler Jones has led the league in sacks against times that Aaron Donald has led the league in sacks. Ooh. Who do you think's done it more? I'm going to go with Chandler Jones since it seems to be the theme here. I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. All right. Will continues his dominance of this game. There we go. Chandler Jones. Ugh. Yeah. Chandler Jones, in his last full healthy season, led the league with 19 sacks. The record is 22. Wow. He was one really good day away from completely breaking this single season all-time sack record set by Michael Strahan back in the 90s. That is pretty crazy. Chandler Jones is a monster. Very underrated player, too. Very underrated. Certainly Aaron. I mean, I would say Aaron Donald right now is a better player. But I think Chandler Jones doesn't get near the amount of credit for that kind of stuff. Chandler Jones, the poor guy just had to play at the same time as Julius Peppers and J.J. Watt and all of these game-breaking defensive linemen. I mean, his best years uh, in New England were overshadowed by, you know, Julius Peppers' stature as a game-wrecker. And his best years in Arizona were completely overshadowed by being the third-best pass rusher in his division. I mean, this poor guy has been, like... 7th or 8th best edge rusher in the league uh, for a long time, despite turning in some of the most impressive single seasons. He's been the only, like, Bill Belichick uh, expatriate, for lack of a better word, uh, to go and really find any large measure of success outside of New England. Tom Brady. Does Tom Brady knock out? Tom Brady had one really good season, and Gronk had one really good season. Chandler Jones has had, you could argue, an almost Hall of Fame-level career in Arizona. That is true. He doesn't have the playoff success. Maybe he hasn't had the playoff success, but he has been a force. He's been probably consistently, if he didn't play at the same time as J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald, we would be talking about this guy, you know, he would be approaching legend status by now. All right, well, enough with the Chandler Jones talk. Let's uh, get on with this game. All right, next higher lower. We're going to say uh, next winner just wins. Oh, wow. Um, okay, higher lower game. We're going to say our two numbers we're going to compare are Tyler Lockett's week one receiving yards and Tyler Lockett's week 17 receiving yards last season. Oh, I'm going with week 17 of last season. All right. You know what? I, I don't want to tie, so I'm going to make it interesting. Week one. All right. Will continues. Uh, Sigh, man. You're not not exactly your day. I mean, Lockett had a good week last week, a really good week. But uh, I remember, was it week 17, the one he put up like 52? Was Or was that a different one? Uh, he put up, like, 52 fantasy points? Yeah. That was week seven against the Cardinals, okay. where he scored three touchdowns. Yeah, that's what I was... But He scored a lot of touchdowns in week 17 against the Niners, but he only had, like, 120 yards. He had 100 yards last week okay. against the Colts. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of, Tyler Lockett will be taking the field at Lumen Field for the first time in front of fans and the Mercer Island Band. You know, Lumen Field sounds a bit off, too. I don't like that. Yeah, okay. I miss CenturyLink. I do miss CenturyLink. I didn't like the clink when it was changed to the clink from Quest. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like stadium names are one of those things where everyone's going to like... You, get, like, you get used to saying a certain thing. You like, get used to saying it, but every new Fenway stadium Park change. Or whatever. 
Every new stadium name change yeah. is the worst stadium name weird. change. They're like Fallout Boy albums that way. Every time Fallout Boy drop a new album, it's their worst one, and they need to just retire already. But as soon as a new one gets dropped, people say, man, I wish Fallout Boy sounded like they did on this last album. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I think with that, we're going to take a very quick break here on the water break. Uh, about four minutes for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and we will be right back with more sports talk. Thank you guys for listening on 88.9 The Bridge. All right, the water break is going to be taking a more localized look at things. Yeah, vibes. The water break is going to be taking a more localized look at things. Last section was mainly mainly focused on big numbers, you know, under all the lights. NFL football, MLB baseball, NBA basketball, NHL hockey. The things that the world tunes in to watch. But in our own little corner of the world, high school football is happening in just a few short hours. And we've got Will, the broadcaster for tonight's game, as well as Cy, a member of the roster. And I would be remiss if I let us uh, go through the show without talking some football. Yeah, you're right. I got lots of questions for Cy, to be honest. Because uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I know I have ideas of who plays on the team, obviously. But um, I'm really excited to just get, like, what you think, how you think the game's going to go. If you have any insight on, like, the other team, really. Like, you know much about Hazen? Yeah, I know that in past years they haven't been the greatest team. It's just uh, Joe Tryon... Uh, I don't know if you've heard that name, but he's on the Buccaneers. I feel he, like I have. Yeah, I I have he, he was name. a draft pick this year. Uh, he used to go to Hazen, but Ooh. I think Hazen, I don't know. We don't. We haven't played them that much before, so we kind of have no idea. But uh, honestly, I think today is just going to be kind of a dogfight because uh, our team's dealing with a lot of injuries, as a lot of people know and have seen, I guess, on our field. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a grinder, but... Obviously, I believe in the team. I think we're going to get the dub. Fahey's going to be in, right? Yeah, Fahey is going to be in. That's good. Who are some of the notable names that are going to be missing tonight? Notable names missing tonight? Uh, okay, I'm not sure about Cole Drayton. Cole Drayton might play, but Tommy Burke is going to be out. He's a starting center. Uh, that's a that's an important position to be missing, too. Yeah, that is a very important position to be missing. Um, And, yeah, I guess, obviously some of the other guys who are out for the season uh jack rowe and uh, max taylor those guys aren't going to be there and those 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 two are really good football players so yeah uh and then i feel like well ethan hackman is out as well uh but he's he might be back soon we don't know yeah it's all kind of up in the air right now Interesting. Interesting. Mercer Island is definitely missing some key contributors. The injury bug has bitten hard at the jungle the last couple of weeks. Uh, and But there's also some guys who have come off the bench, taken advantage of that uh, newfound playing time, and turned themselves into like one of the must-know names on the team. Talk to me about Vince Catano. Oh man, Vince Vince had a great game last week. He uh in overtime he basically just ran through and just scored for us and won us the game. But obviously a lot of that also goes to the line. He he was talking about it. The line did a great job uh despite a lot of the injuries that are on there. So yeah, uh Vince yeah, Vince has been playing really good lately. Who are some of the players that play on the line cuz of all the positions, I think that's the one me and people in general are the least familiar with. Um, okay, some of the players on the line. You got Tommy Frank. It's his first year, but he's been playing pretty good. 
uh, Brett Fitzwilson, and uh, some new guys. William Newen is also stepping in, so that's that's another person. Um, and yeah, beyond those guys, Logan Sue, he's a sophomore, but he's stepping up because of all the injuries. So yeah, he's one to look out for. And I mean, yeah, other than that, I mean, there are a bunch of guys on the line now that have like had to step up. Uh, and yeah, I mean, our line's looking decent. Obviously, with the starters gone, it's a little tougher, but I feel like the guys can really pull through. How about our D-line? Is it, because uh, I don't know a whole lot about football, is it where do they play offensive line and then those guys just switch straight to defense, or do they have two different units? Um, I think, it, well, mainly it's two different units. I know Mason Chorak and Griffin King, uh, those two guys are really good at playing D-line. Um, I think Mason Chorak actually might be on O-line now. I'm not exactly sure. but Two-way player. Yeah, two-way player, yeah. Um, and then our nose. Our nose was Tommy, but uh, we're trying to, I think, I'm not exactly sure who it Tommy is. was another one of those Iron Man players. He would play both ways, just play center, and then if the team gave the ball away, flip around and play nose tackle. That must be yeah. very, very tiring, he uh, was, uh, especially in those trench positions. He wasn't supposed to. He was filling in for Cole, who, as uh, Cy previously mentioned, out with an injury, unfortunately, uh, you know, hasn't been able to play yet this season. Yeah. It's It's been rough uh, as far as injuries go, but it'll be interesting to see uh, Mercer Island's aggressive passing attack on the field on Saturday. It's something, one of the games that I'm really excited for, and if you like Will's voice, tune in definitely, because Will's going to be playing a major role in that broadcast. It's going to be a classic. I imagine it's going to be a classic in the making at the Jungle Saturday night. The O-line, rock steady as always, as well as the potential for some great underdog stories. Uh, with that, I think we're going to have another quick break on the water break, uh, and we'll be back for a little bit of light discussion, and we'll wrap up. Stay tuned on 88.9 The Bridge. Welcome back into the water break. Let me tell you guys, it has been a huge week for Mercer Island sports. Not only is football playing in one of the biggest interconference games of the last two or three years tonight at the Jungle, Band is also going to play the Seattle Seahawks game. They will be uh, stealing the show from the NFL's best franchise. I think that uh, for the interleague matchup on tap for the Seahawks, the Band should... Uh, it should be difficult for them to upstage Seattle. Uh, what are you guys thinking about that Seahawks-Titans game? It's going to be good. Uh, I think I think the biggest thing, and this is kind of the game plan whenever you play the Titans, really, and it's changed over the years, especially with the addition of Julio, but it's all Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry did not eat at all last week, so you got to think, he's hungry. That's going to be a tough game to play, especially against someone like him. That's, in, in my mind... I think that's all they've been focusing on pre on in practice this week is just you got to stop him. Because if you can't stop him, you're not going to win the game. It's as simple as that. If you can, at least you have a chance. Um, but the fa the Titans' air raid certainly has improved over the last couple of years. Now with Julio um, and Brown. AJ Brown, too. Yeah, they have a very, very dangerous offense. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I think Russ just needs to cook like he always does in the beginning of the season. Hopefully he can keep that up a bit longer this year, but... He's in his prime right now for uh, at least the season trend, so hopefully he can keep that up. 
What do you guys think? When I look at the Tennessee Titans, I see the offense of the 2016 Dallas Cowboys. That's uh, Dak and Zeke's rookie year with the defense of last year's Chiefs. There's some guys on there who will make some mistakes, and there's some guys who won't. But there are no real difference makers on that defense, so the game becomes less of a boxing match and more of a chess game. Pete Carroll is going to have to out-coach Mike Vrabel and the Titans. He's got to ensure that Russell Wilson has the ball last and ensure that he's got the right plays called up so that they can score. This should be a shootout. Seattle's Mm -hmm. defense uh, had an amazing showing against the Colts, but the Titans, I mean, yeah, maybe they laid a bit of an egg last week against the Arizona Cardinals, but that was with Chandler Jones absolutely living in the backfield. Ryan Tannehill has been a very efficient passer uh, in as little as he is used, and Derrick Henry is, as Will mentioned, probably the best downhill runner in the game. And a guy that if you don't stop him, you might not even bother showing up on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, like Will said, you really just got to stop Derrick Henry. He's their their game wrecker. He's going to try and make plays, and you're going to have to stop him. And then I think I think Julio's also going to make some plays, so we just got to I think we just got to strike back. It's going to be a shootout. Yeah, definitely. I think that there should be some serious offensive fireworks shot off uh this Sunday at Lumen Field. I think one of the keys to the game will be uh how fluke plays will impact it. In the game of football, especially at the NFL level, nothing is given. But this is one of those games where, you know, key strip sack, special teams miscue, something of that nature could swing the game. And Seattle has had some of the best special teams in the league under Pete Carroll. I mean, ever since that year where Blair Walsh was the kicker, uh, Michael Dixon, Jason Myers, Sebastian Janikowski, Tyler Ott snapping the ball, I can't think of a single time since, since Blair Walsh that special teams has lost Seattle a game. Hey, speaking of fluke plays, you guys catch that Giants football team game last night? Oh, that was crazy. I Okay, I'll have a little story with this. I literally came home from my hockey practice about 8th or somewhere around there. Uh, I turn on my TV. That game's in the fourth quarter. There's like two minutes left. The Giants have the ball. They're knocking on the door. And uh, they end up going for the field goal. They take it. Football team, Heineke's got like a couple minutes to score. They go down. They drive down. They're right there. They're on the line. There's like five seconds left. They take the field goal. And they shank it. But then the guy goes offside. They get the second attempt. And then they score. That was such an epic game to just like come on to and have no idea. that. Because, I mean, I didn't think... I mean, I went to practice. And I wasn't thinking the whole time, Oh, man, I wonder how that football team Giants game turned out. It's, I don't care. It's the football team and the Giants. But you turn it on, you see that, which is pretty cool. Um, so that that was certainly a, an amazing game. I don't know how much of you guys watched that, but it was cool. I didn't see it. I was doing homework. You know, I'm trying to graduate this year. But I, I saw the recap this morning. That was a game. Man, that was a game. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I I honestly didn't think the Giants were, like, good enough to put up that much of a fight. But I guess, they're yeah. It was a good game. Yeah. Well, uh, viva la the Giants, I guess. And viva la the football team. Well, thank you guys for listening to The Water Break on 88.9 The Bridge. This has been your best sports talk show the station has to offer. We'd like to thank you guys once again for listening. 
hey, we're the best when I'm on the front of the I'll microphone. Agree with, I'll agree with it. But I don't it's a bold hear, statement. I don't hear Gabe and Scott here. Oh, okay. What's the GPS show? Okay. I don't, I, I don't hear Jared graduated. What's the hot corner? <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys. Simon's gone. What, what's Fantasy Island? Thank you guys for listening <laughs> once again to the water break. Uh, 88.9 The Bridge's best currently airing sports show. That's currently airing as in right now. Uh, thank you guys for listening. It's been a pleasure talking sports with y'all. And we'll be back next week. Thank you guys.